You are now listening to The Bannerman, an L.A. Kings podcast. On the COVID front, not much has changed, really. But on the hockey front, damn near everything has changed. And just in the nick of time, because I'm dangerously close to slipping into a state of madness, how is your mental state tonight, Vardy? Uh, a lot better that now that we're recording. It's been two months, and even though we've been texting furiously and doing everything, it's it's nice to see your face on a video screen and just have an hour or some odd to to actually talk and have human interaction about things I enjoy. That's the only way you get to see faces these days anyway. So yeah, what we're actually doing is sitting down and having a conversation 2020 style. It's, it's the only thing we got. And, and granted, like I'm probably taking this more seriously because of my job and everything than a lot of people are and, you know, to each their own. But I, I haven't seen a lot of people, so this is really nice. It's nice to be back, that's for sure. Yeah, It's like you I think said, last, two months? Last episode was two yeah. months on the dot, yeah. And really, there's nothing. What was there to really talk about other than being frustrated that there are no sports, that there is no outside? I miss outside. Yeah. There was a brief yeah. moment where outside was back. That was cool. <laughs> But we couldn't be I, outside responsibly, and now you know, ironically, outside is gone again. Ironically, I miss inside, but in a different way. I miss the rink. I haven't been to a rink yeah. in in four months. Yeah. That's probably the longest period of time since my childhood that I haven't been to a rink and haven't had skates on, and uh, for non medical reasons, obviously. Like I've had some injuries and stuff like that that I had to stay off. But it to know that I'm just sitting around and I can physically play but i can't play is uh that's a lot on my mental state more than i thought it would be actually yeah i thought i didn't think about that it's probably the longest i haven't stepped foot in the rink right either even though i i did go to a rink a couple of weeks ago before a shutdown volume two i did get to go to the rink where i coach and there was a session going on it was just so i just the smell was enough for me to be like right That rubber Uh, and stinky skate smell. Very stinky, very rubbery. (laughs) But that's the smell. So you never actually got a coaching session in, right? Because we know some of our friends actually had a few sessions in. Seemed like things were starting back up with limited contact and masks and such things. And then they got you all shut down again. So you never actually even got to that point. No. I mean, I, I had actually told them that I'm not totally interested in jumping in unless I absolutely have to because... My son was born at the end of May, so That's right. that, that coupled with, you know, the whole world falling apart thing, <laughs> I was like, unless I'm really needed, unless, like, we're back in it, there's tryouts and there's teams, like, I'll, I'll lay back a little bit and, and kind of do other things. Uh, but, yeah, I think I'm, I don't know how long that's going to last because, well, <laughs> longer yeah. now because it's shut down again. <laughs> but, but I do miss it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough, man. It's rough. It's rough when you consider, like, I've tried to think about it from my own personal standpoint. Like, okay, if I had to go to a game, how would I change? How would I interact? How would I even play in a way that I would feel comfortable? And the more I think about it, the less and less I actually feel comfortable doing it, no matter how much I want to play. Which sucks, man. Yeah, sucks. Some of these kids that are going out for these these private sessions or clinics, whatever. I know one of the kids had like brought like a full on tent (laughs) that he like got into, right, and changed. Changed. 
got out of fully. It was just just crazy times when you take a step back and the, just the visual of it is madness. But yeah, I guess good on that kid for being super careful. I mean, it, it's small scale to what the pro leagues are trying to do right now, right? Like sure. the tent is the equivalent of the bubble, if you will. Um, obviously, we're not doing daily testing and things of that nature, but you know, it's that's a huge undertaking that a lot of the a lot of the pro leagues are trying to do to try to get this back up and running now, for whatever the reasons may be. And uh, we're knocking on that door. Yeah. Pretty violently at this point because yeah, the NBA yeah. is underway uh, as we speak. There are exhibition. I don't even know. Like the wording is just doesn't make any more sense but there's there's preseason games going on right, right. now before, pre midseason restart startup yeah games. before the regular season starts before the That's playoffs right. start it's all gonna happen very fast obviously but uh games going on it was nice to just turn on the tv and watch lebron dunking with his <laughs> with the gray in his beard today uh so watch some mlb strictly just i just want to see the crowds those <laughs> Stone wild. Cut out. It's great. I love it. So I, I haven't been following the. I'll, I'll be completely honest. I haven't been following what in uh, playoff format the NBA is going to be implementing, right? Because they, similarly yeah. to the NHL, had some time left in the regular season. Are they doing something similar to the NHL? Are they doing like a 2014 playoff, or are they? I, if you don't know, I can I can Google it real quick. But I'm just I. If you know off the top of your head what they're doing. I'm pretty sure they're doing like a mini regular season to close out what would have been the regular season. So all the teams are there though? Man, I'm not sure. I don't think so. I, don't. I mean, I'm just curious. Like obviously we're, no, we're no, primarily a hockey podcast, but you know, I'm it just. Doesn't, no, because you're right. I don't think it makes sense that, you know, I don't think the Cavaliers are in Orlando. You know okay. So it says 22 teams are coming there you back. Go. I don't okay. know how they just, I'm assuming this is based on I think it's, end of regular season standing. I think it's, probably or based on the number of games they would play if you were four games back there was something like that if you're like four and a half games back then you're in because it's like a five isn't it like a five game or eight game schedule eight game startup yeah okay so i think it was based on how many games back you were that you got the invite to orlando Mm -hmm. and based on those games you'll go into the playoffs okay all right, so it looks like the seven teams in each conference with the best records, regular season plus the seeding games. Oh, interesting. So the seeding games are actually considered part of the, the playoff standing. So they will have clinched a playoff spot, and then the usual tiebreaker scenarios will be in place. The eighth seed could potentially come down to a play-in tournament. Interesting. Okay. That's right. That's right. Because the there team are tie the- possibilities. Right. If the if the team with the eighth best record in the conference is more than four games ahead, that's what I was saying. Of the interesting, okay, interesting. All right. Well, everyone's trying to do something, and I guess that makes it so these you know these seeding games, if you will, are worth watching. It's not just like, why are we even doing this if we're just going to go to playoffs Same versus thing, the right. NHL? Yeah, and the NHL is just saying. You know, we're we're calling it playoffs, but not really playoffs. Which still, is also... they're still playing for seeding because Correct. other than the play-in rounds, they're the teams who have made it. The top four teams will be squaring off as well, right? To, to figure out the seeding of it, um, it's exciting, man. Like I know the dark cloud of COVID is going to be looming over the whole thing, and it's going to be hard to like forget about it. But I think, I think we're going to manage. I think for a few 
brief hours or whatever, if you're planning on watching that entire first day of hockey, which is morning to night, yeah. um, hey, man, enjoy it because we've got to make up for lost time. It's been a yeah, I mean, it, I think it goes back to like what the point of sports is in the first place, right? Absolutely. Like, there's been there's been lots of times where there's been national tragedies and whatnot, and sports are primarily a distraction from the terrible things going on in real life. And I mean, that's that's what obviously there's money and things of that nature, TV rights at play, but this is primarily going to be a distraction for all of us and. That's, you know, that's why it's nice to have it back in that way. And you're going to, you're going to try to, you know, tune into that distraction as much as you can and hope that nothing happens in the background to ruin that distraction and also to obviously ruin the lives of the people as part of that distraction. I think it's a huge undertaking. I think it's, it's, you know, they've decided that it's worth the risk and there's a lot of players, um, at least in... Yeah, there's a lot of – I mean, in baseball, there's been plenty of players who have sure. said that they're not coming back. There's been a few in hockey who have said they're not coming back. Um, no one really big few, in – A few in the NBA too. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's some players who are type 1 diabetics um, in the NHL, and it's really not clear as of yet what their medical – you know, are they going to get medical clearance? Are they not going to want to come back? Or um, It's – there's a lot of stuff that's still kind of gray and difficult to understand. Even the whole scenario of how they're, how they're designating players, this agreement that they came up with between the NHL and the, and the players association, that it's mm-hmm. like unable to play, not playing <laughs> or playing. Like those are the only, those but are the only terminology the they're allowed to use. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I, I was going to ask you because there was a, I think it was Max Pacioretty and he was listed as unable to practice. Mm-hmm. But the listing was unable to practice, not COVID. So what's the point? Like what are <laughs> is yeah, the, I, the, the protection aspect of it, if it were COVID related, I totally understand. Like absolutely. Uh, but if you're going to go out and say, well, he couldn't play and it's not COVID related. Okay. <laughs> what are you you're saying? Nothing. <clears throat> you're, you might as well say nothing. I mean, before it was lower body injury, upper body injury. I don't know. It's just it's like this new weird category. Uh, but uh, from what I understand, the whole thing was created to to not make the COVID testing in any way public. Yeah, because they had had a couple of leaks before. And I think it's still up to a player if they choose to disclose it. But sure. they're probably going to get reprimanded pretty harshly from the league and their team if they choose to do so. Um, you know, it's 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 weird. that It, it all kind of goes along with this veil of secrecy that – they're trying to maintain as part of the bubble, right? I mean, let's just look at the fact that they're not even playing any games in the USA, okay? Yes. They straight up looked at the situation in the US. By the way, great the mul- decision. Oh, totally. If you're looking at it, I mean, if, if the groundwork is basically we need to play these games where there's the least number of cases, nowhere in the US is going to have that for you where there's an it's NHL team. It's not going to beat Canada. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So – is Edmonton the greatest spot to be in for two and a half months? Probably not, but you know, you've got low number of cases, you've got enough hotels. So you stick a bunch of teams in Edmonton and a bunch of teams in Toronto and you hope for the best. Um, and then obviously the 
privacy angle of things because a lot of players are bringing their families with them, mm-hmm. keeping them in the bubble with them. So I, I understand it from that standpoint, but I was under the impression that they were not actually going to designate whether or not it was COVID related. I thought it was just going to be very generally like unable to play versus will not play, which is even vaguer, and then like will play. So if they actually released something specifying that Pacioretty was not going to play but it was not COVID related. That's more information than I thought they were even going to give. I thought they were just going to yeah. keep it like as vague as possible. That's what I also thought. Um, yeah. And that's why I was kind of surprised that you would be so upfront with it and kind of defeats the purpose. Right. Um, but it's, we're all adjusting. I'm, I'm sure they're taking a day by day. All these pro sports leagues are yeah figuring out as they go and, I mean, I guess Edmonton's not the worst place in the world when everything... I don't know actually if anything's... What their closures are like, what their shutdowns are like, but, you know, if you can't go outside, I guess it's all the same at the end of the day. I I mean, I guess, but, man, you got to think, like, you know, okay, things have to find a way into the bubble. Food, supplies, things like that have to find a way into the bubble. So that means someone needs to leave the bubble. So... That's where the inherent risk is. And then you're policing these people. You're having them sign agreements, I'm assuming, saying that they'll stay within the bubble. But even then, it's like, okay, how good a job are you doing? You're telling me in two months, no one's going to no one's gonna sneak away. No one's going to find a way out of the bubble to go do something else. Yeah. I mean, I was just more referring to a city. Like, if what city is more appealing in a situation like this? Sure. Um, obviously Edmonton is not known for its terrific weather, but you know what? It's freaking it's summertime. It's July. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think the high is like 70, I think, or whatever, 65. They'll be okay. It, it, the weather isn't a factor. So I don't know. Toronto sounds cooler, but I guess in this situation, it's more of a level paint playing field. Yeah. In terms of where you want to play, uh, NBA Orlando, not bad. Although, um, uh, I don't know, if man. You look at Florida. No, I mean, or the idea of, again, we're going back to the idea of Orlando. Oh, sure, sure. Not bad. But when you take into account the horrifying numbers that were coming out of Florida, what seemed yeah. to be a week ago, uh, man, that's that's going to be dicey over there. But it's, it's happening, man. I know, you know, I think it's going to happen. I think they're going to just bulldoze through this thing. I think even if there's some cases that pop up, I think they're going to be like, okay, like moving on. Yeah. I really think it's it's a kind of a point of no return thing with sports. Obviously, if, if it truly gets catastrophic, I, that won't really matter what I just said. But I think barring something, a mass number of positive tests or something like that, I think they're just yeah. going to go through with everything. Yeah. For better or for worse, yeah. No, for I, better I agree. Or worse. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, so yeah, I mean, we could we could talk about that a little bit more. I I, I sent you a picture of the and the NHL just released today, kind of a concept look of what the arenas are going to look like. And obviously, yeah. if if you watched, we were just talking about how the Major League Baseball's got you know cardboard cutouts in the first three rows or something of the of their diamonds for whatever it's worth. The NBA has these really interesting setups with like monitors and crowd noise being piped in and music and like it almost looks like a wrestling event honestly because it's just so close and there's this huge like um so and the nhl's kind of sorry before you go on to the no 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 please did you see the nba one where they had um 
I think you sent it to me actually, where they had videos of the fans chanting. Yes, <laughs> that's just great, man, and and great chants too. You know, not 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 your generic chants. Either. Yeah. Yeah, it was I pretty mean, cool, man. It was really, they probably really commissioned well the guys from NBA 2K to like give us your audio tracks. And yeah, <laughs> and I hope like I know it's probably unlikely, but I hope the NHL like if Nashville's the home team, they have some of that audio that arena. Some honky tonk, yeah, man, that'd be cool. Like goal songs, I get it, are easy, but like the Nashville chants in particular are just very cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna bring like a CGI version of the cannon for Columbus and whatnot. Like, let's do you it. Know, it's it's it looks nice. At least it looks very similar. I think the NHL's presentation to what the NBA is doing again, monitors, um, you know, crowd noise all over the place, and it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see. I'm kind of, and again, this is my, you know, you and I have gone to enough games sat in enough locations in the arena and actually been to like some practice sessions and scrimmages and stuff um i kind of wish they weren't doing any audio i kind of wish that it was just ice level audio and you could just hear yeah that's gonna i mean (laughs) granted granted yes there's gonna be a lot of bleeping and whatnot but i I, I think the guy in the the guys in the production truck are gonna be like they're gonna quit i can't do this yeah i get it and that's that's i think that's primarily the reason why they're doing all that like presentation wise i mean the players don't give a damn like they're gonna look around and be like this is weird as hell but i think it would be and maybe this will still sneak through because you know you can create all the audio you want that's still not a substitute for having eighteen thousand actual people in an arena and even then it sneaks through yeah there's been plenty of times during a game yeah sold out you know packed to the roof and you still hear something slip yeah through the production truck so yeah but i i mean going beyond that i i always enjoy the actual sounds like hearing the shots hearing the passes hearing the skating like that stuff is amazing and especially i feel like if you have this unique opportunity to present the game on television in a way that is never going to be presented again okay you have to embrace it and try to kind of complement or bring out parts of the game that fans don't typically get, especially now in a very interesting time when you might actually end up drawing a lot more fans to you because there's, there's nothing else, right? Like the people are just yeah. so starved right just now. That, that there's, like, there's a like built in intrigue of how things are going to be. Like I'm not a big I don't watch baseball to be honest until the playoffs. And I had I made it a point to go watch some of it just to see how they're gonna present it because it's such a unique thing. So right. the intrigue alone will bring some eyes to there. And if you can hit a home run <laughs> no no pun intended, if you could hit a home run on the first time someone's watching, yeah, uh, then you might hook them a little bit and, and they become hockey fans. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like you gotta I realize that the focus here is just let's get the product out there. Let's get, let's keep everyone safe. Let's, let's play these games. But at some point I would hope that in this process and you know, they've got a couple months that they actually start thinking about like, well, what can we do to actually capitalize on the situation a little bit? Like how can we, it's a one-time thing, right? What can we do to captivate more people and 
bring them to the game and show them parts of this game that you're not really otherwise gonna gonna get on a regular telecast. I, w- I would hope that at some point that becomes part of the conversation once they get up and running and you know they smooth things out because there's going to be kinks there's there's no way there's not going to be kinks when this whole thing gets started yeah yeah um i mean just camera angles alone you could really open it up right because yeah because there's no crowd you can matter yeah yeah there's no crowd put the camera wherever you want put them in the corners like do 360 camera views that like rotate around the entire audio i mean do whatever you want with it sure i think i think i would like to see that i would like to and this might be asking too much of the NHL because they're, you know, obviously a very conservative league, but I would like to see a little bit of experimentation during this time. It'd yes. be nice. Yes, you have to roll with the punches. Um, make lemonade yeah. out of lemons, as yeah. they say. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see. Maybe they do have some tricks up their sleeve. You know, it's, maybe it's not rolled out. Yeah. Um, and maybe some of these teams especially have presentation ideas that they're going to bring to the table because there will be local coverage for some of these games, I believe. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, one team that won't be there, Vardy, the Seattle Kraken. Are, are, are they not there? They didn't get a playoff spot? They didn't get a playoff spot. <sighs> they didn't get it's one of fair, those. Bro. It's not fair, bro. It's tough being an expansion team, though. It's tough. You know, they did get some nice jerseys. They and, did. And one of the most intric- intricate rollouts I've ever seen of any expansion team in any sport. Just a, a production of epic proportion, especially given the circumstances where they can't have, you know, anything truly televised or have people come have some right. kind of rally. They did a really good job, man. That trailer alone, I'll put it up there with most movie trailers that have come out. Oh, it's great. So well and then, done. Well, there was the pre-trailer. Right, that they correct, released a couple correct. days the before. Teaser. Let's call it the right teaser. the teaser. Right, they had the teaser where with the fishermen going and fishing out a goal light from the yes. from the ocean in his net. And I was like, okay, so clearly it's something ocean related, which yes. I think most of us surmised anyway. But then, yeah, the actual reveal was dark and foreboding, and mm-hmm. you know, had all the right audio and visuals, and it was very wet very <laughs> very, very aquatic very aquatic uh needed to dry off after i watched it but it, it right. was it was really well done um to be honest initially the name i was like uh i don't know if i love it but the logo the jerseys the rollout in terms of the explanation of everything yeah. like they got into the minutia of everything right I, I thought it was really well done to the point where by the end of reading and absorbing everything, I was fully on board with Kraken. Right. I was like, of course, Kraken is the best option. Right. It, you know, it's funny. They, uh, I, I saw something that it was, I think when Vegas was announced um, as, as a team, there, it was like a 170 day period or something like that between them being announced as a team and then revealing the name of the team and the colors. Mm-hmm. Right. So this took, 300 days, 300 some odd days for this to happen. Uh, and I think that's not even COVID with Sanding. I think their plan was always to reveal around the summer what they were doing, which to me, again, goes to that depth that they explored this. I mean, they had focus groups, they talked to everyone. And Kraken's been a name that's been floated around for months now, almost kind of gimmicky, right? Because you can find some GIF of 
Liam Neeson in a horrible movie. <laughs> Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. Okay. <laughs> Who would have ever known that that horrific – you ever seen that? I, oh, my God. It, it is so I have so not hard. had the pleasure, my friend. So visually, it's really hard to watch because everything is just lit to the max. And it looked – one thing I, I – because I've seen the clip, obviously, a like yeah. hundred times by now. <clears throat> Everything is very doughy. Like I don't yes. know how to. It feels yes. like it's shot in heaven. Like <laughs> you know, cloudy. It's, it's Sharon Stone and Catwoman. Do you remember seeing Sharon Stone and oh Catwoman God, with Halle Berry? It all back. Yeah, yeah, man. Where she looks like someone's just—I don't know—like she swallowed a light bulb and the whole thing yeah. is just glowing from the inside. Yeah. That's how every single visual in this freaking movie looks. Liam Neeson's armor is just <laughs> glinting so much that you can. <laughs> That like you think his power as a god is to blind you by just looking at him. So oh, anyway, that horrible, horrible movie now, that clip will be forever associated with this damn team. And um Well, the term I think really the the and even before that movie though, really. That was the from Kraken like Pirates was, of the Caribbean and everything. Right. I think the ter- the phrase release the Kraken predates the Liam Neeson movie and probably the Pirates movies too. Right. Right. Like, am I am I wrong on that? Probably. You know, I'm not a I'm not a crackenologist. You're not. I'm sure. I'm. You're not a crackhead. <laughs> no, I'm not. Crack. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure uh, there will be someone out there who can explain the origins of it. But that's that. I think that's one of the cool things, right? So, I'm just going to compare the two most recent expansion teams. What was your initial feeling when they said the Vegas team will be known as the Golden Knights? I thought it was awful. Right. Right okay. out of the gate. I thought I was like, really? But their success both on and off the ice has made it – has solidified them. I can't – like I don't even remember why I didn't like it. Yeah, I understand. I understand. And that's the exact reaction I had too because I was like, this is just um, – this is just uh, Foley, right? Bill Foley, right? That's their owner. I forget. Okay, this is just him taking his fascination with the with the Army Golden Knights, mm-hmm. which he's been saying from day one that he loves, and just translating it to his team, being like, "I'm calling it this. Do with it what you want." And I was like, "Great, good job." I was okay with the colors. I actually, I'm not a huge fan of their chest logo, but their shoulder logo that looks like the "Welcome the Fabulous Las Vegas" sign with some. I liked all that. <laughs> I liked all that. Now, when I think of Seattle's name when I think of the Kraken name it's it could be so gimmicky it really can right like people were half suggesting it as a joke because of the freaking Liam Neeson gif and all this stuff like right and the potential like ridiculous octopus logos and exactly exactly but they took something that could have very easily been gimmicky they let it marinate for 300 days and there's no, there's like a single tentacle is all the hint you're getting of an octopus Great. in the entire name of this thing. Love that. Right? And, but it's not just done with the idea that like, well, it'd be stupid for us to put a giant octopus on our chest. It would look ridiculous and it would look cartoonish. But they explained it. They explained it in this like really well thought out, like it's a depths of the sea monster. It's more legend than truth. So, you wouldn't see it. You'd be staring at like, what am I looking at? And then we kind of take you by surprise. And I'm like, I'm sold, baby. I am. <laughs> I am. I am all in. If you're gonna take the time 
to to explain that and and appreciate the mythology of it all that's You've like earned that. that's like creative writing level critical thinking right like it's it's comic books dude it's 100% like comic book mythology yeah. that they're constructing behind a, a sports team and i think that's how you get people to buy in yeah. i have i've seen like a couple you know naysayers you're always going to find them the internet's you know especially twitter's just a cesspool basically but like by and large people with actual like educated opinions both in the sports logo world and everything are just like this is great the, totally get this the color scheme is not gimmicky the the name and the logo is not gimmick like the name could have been gimmicky but you look at that logo you look at how thoughtfully it was made you look at the color scheme you look at the idea of like we're going to incorporate colors that are very much Pacific Northwest, but still have association with the other teams in Seattle. And, and then the secondary logo, which is my favorite part of this so entire great. thing. The anchor. I love it. It's it, with the space needle coming up the yeah. middle. Now the capitals have very similar things with the, with the Weagle and the capital. I yeah, mean, the I capital. love stuff. Yeah. I love stuff like that. I, I really do because again, it's, it's the thoughtfulness, right? It's the, it's it's the idea of like we're going to do all this stuff but it's going to be subtle and it's going to be respectable so people can't look at us and call us a joke franchise Absolutely. which is i think i think that was the problem behind like way back in the 90s like the the mighty ducks of anaheim kind of laid this out for every other expansion team to come to be like this is how you don't do it <laughs> yeah i mean they they went they drove into the skid. <laughs> Mighty Ducks did like they didn't. Man. They weren't like okay, like let's let's only give them a little bit of the Disney. No, they were like we're gonna right. give you the A to Z. Um, can't remember the last time an exp expansion team rolled out this way. It was the most outstanding unveiling I've seen because historically speaking, if you look back when especially in the NHL when there's an expansion, it's in phases. Phase one is mm -hmm. the name. You get the name. Okay. Maybe the logo with the name, but you don't get the jerseys, the name, the logo. You don't get all of it at right. once. When the Winnipeg Jets moved to Winnipeg from Atlanta, they announced their name at the draft. They came up to the podium and said, you know, whoever was at the time, Shovel Dayoff, whatever, is gonna make <laughs> <laughs> is gonna make the uh the pick. He announced the pick on behalf of the Winnipeg Jets. Like that was the reveal. Winnipeg Jets right. went and everyone went crazy. Didn't right. see the jersey for months. Golden right. Knights. They did that horrible, unfortunate, terrible. Um, well, actually, no. They, first, they did the name unveiling. Yes. Then they did the logo unveiling, which was a disaster because the screen malfunctioned, I, remember? Oh, really? I can't remember. Yeah. It was black for like two minutes. Everyone was oh, waiting and they were having a technical <laughs> issue. It was more than two minutes probably. And then finally, they got the freaking screen to work and the logo came up. And then you got the uniforms. And by the time you got the uniforms, it all came together. You're like, I see it. It looks nice. Yeah. I don't, I don't, think, I don't remember any time where a team has just rolled it out like this. Just yeah, to it, it, head to toe. But it's the entire city. That's the best part. Like they were just like, not only are you going to get the name, you're going to get the logo. You're going to get the colors. You're going to get the jerseys. And by the end of the day, our flag is going to be at the top of the Space Needle. So cool. And they, they, there was pictures of, of traffic traffic signs you know like the mm -hmm. lit up traffic signs that are like mm -hmm. don't drunk drive you yeah, know yeah. amber alerts or whatever traffic signs all over seattle were saying beware the kraken like very cool you just yeah i don't know I, again 
you just know that this is a city that respects the game that has a as a history of in the Pacific Northwest like a strong hockey route to it. It's nice to see cities like that get rewarded not just with a team but with a team that like you can take seriously, right? Like you can wear this badge proudly, you can wear these colors proudly and I think that's great. I think that's how you, you know, you come into a league and I'm waiting for them to make a misstep because everything has just been awesome for them so far. It really has. Yeah. I mean, at this point, the misstep might come on the ice, but we said that about (laughs) Vegas too. And that's, yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, Ecroper 60, baby. (laughs) The one thing I enjoyed the NHL did, it was brought to my attention, attention earlier today. Uh, They, did you see that video, the text thread? With, I did, yeah. It was very yeah. cool. Like it, some of it was cheesy. I was like, "This sucks." But right around the time, of course, when the Kings came on, like I, it was genuinely funny. Like the stuff yeah. they were saying, like it was very cool. It's hard to describe. You have to look it up. Yeah, it's just go basically and watch like, it. It's like a couple minutes, maybe two minutes, but essentially, it's the NHL starting a group chat with all the teams and introducing the Kraken, and every team reacts in their own kind of way. Um, pretty cool, neat idea. Um, got better <laughs> towards the end, yeah. of it, but I really enjoyed it. So I think it's good because what I think this kind of rollout does is I think it affects the whole league, right? If it shows you, just like you said, the way the Ducks show you how not to do things, yeah. this Seattle branding group is now showing you how to do things and not just to other teams. I think maybe the entire league can can take note and be like, okay, like there's ways we can do this to to really make an impact instead of your ho-hum usual whatever the hell we do, which is very vanilla, as we know, the NHL. We've been right. complaining about this for four <clears throat> years now. Um, well, I don't know if we've been on that long, but a couple of years now. Um, I mean, we've been complaining about it for way yeah. longer than that. but Like like the drop the puck shirts. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. That Greg Wyshynski retweeted? Yeah. And I re- Come on, man. <laughs> like that's, is, If that's the best you got, it's, the, it's, it's so bad. It's pretty bad. There's so much badness, which is the, which is another thing I was really shocked about is that they kept saying that they worked really closely with Adidas to design this logo and do this. And I was like, it's got to be like interns at Adidas. Yeah. Cause I was like, I have seen A-Squad, Adidas man. design. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen Adidas design, not, not the drop the puck shirts. I mean the Seattle stuff. Oh, Seattle okay, kept okay. saying that they worked really close with Adidas to oh, make gotcha, this logo. Gotcha. And I was like, Really? Because where is this person who's been at Adidas this entire time who could come up with like such a creative concept with use of negative space and the logos and things like that? And yet when the time comes for all-star jerseys, they're just like, sweet, we're just going to make it shades of gray. <laughs> you know, like, I don't understand. They just, they harness all their creativity. They can only do one good thing at a time. Man, so disappointing, especially when, again, again, you look across – I, we always compare with the NBA, right? We, um, it's unfortunate for the NHL that we always compare them to the NBA, but the whole new game campaign is great, man. They're doing yeah. a good job. Like you look, you look, and you're like, cool. And just, I know this is just one T-shirt that really bothered me, but it's it just, but it's not though. It's a they, fundamental they, issue. Well, no, they had NHL marketing. There's even like videos and stuff. They had like Drop they the had East, right. Well, no, for the NBA standpoint, oh, they yeah, had yeah. they had Issa Rae coming out and like doing like a whole video promo. It was all over my freaking Twitter feed today. Like every three steps I'd go, I'd say like, okay, I get it. The NBA is coming back. Like, <laughs> does anyone know the NHL is coming back? Unless you've been really paying attention, 
does anyone really know that the NHL is like going to be back as well? The way the NBA has just been like hammering you in the face that there yeah. will be basketball on TV in a second. Yeah. <laughs> just the fact that they went outside the box to create a slogan where the NHL is just like, man, they use drop the puck every season. Everything. Come on. Every preseason. But the problem is if you gave them this feedback, they'd be like, fine, drop the puck again. <laughs> 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 neat <laughs> killing it gang here's another thing that uh you and i had talked about before in one of the episodes was um so the, the nba obviously like tunnel fashion has become a huge thing sure like what the players are wearing to the games both the shoes their outfits and everything like it's it's as much part of the game now as what actually goes on and so the nhl again now in this moment had an opportunity they had an opportunity in a very unique, let's give this a shot position to let their players' personality shine a little bit more. They, I think, softly came to an agreement between the NHL and the NHLPA that, like, we're going to relax the rules. Players can can come to the games in not suits. It's obviously difficult to just, like, have a suit every single freaking day for two months. casual now. Right, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And on top of that, rather than let players wear whatever, like, come on, they're coming to live in a bubble for two months. How? What clothing do you think they would have probably brought with them? What type of offensive clothing could they have probably brought in for this two-month period that you can't possibly bear to have them on television? You have teams now individually, mostly pushed by veteran players from what I've been reading or from management, kind of despite there not being a uniform requirement, making a uniform requirement that like, they're just going to show up in team t-shirts and slacks. You know, it's like really guys, really you, you couldn't possibly let them wear something else. Like let them wear sneakers, let them wear something else that might like promote their personality or their own personal brands and maybe attract casual viewer. Nope. Not in the NHL, not on my watch. No, I mean, what's going to happen? Brent Burns is going to show up in a tank top, tank top shorts, and flip flops, and and get and get more fans oh, for the no, NHL. Or, I don't know. Look at look at the stuff Russell Westbrook wears to the NBA games. But it's its own. It's become its own of thing. Of course, it has. I'm not saying it in a negative way. What I'm saying is the stuff he wore initially was. I remember in his first few seasons, it was you know what Barkley was clowning him a little bit, but now, right. but now it it is his brand. His sneakers and everything are crazy because he dresses – it works for him. Right. And the NBA has actually partnered with his brand to make a line of T-shirts that the players can wear during warm-ups. Like it's it's so easy. It's so easy. You had two months in this experimental period to try something different. And it looks like they came this close <laughs> to actually making it happen and then a bunch of old farts decided <laughs> that like – no, absolutely not. You put on your team issue polo and you walk out there. How dare you disgrace our 2014 round robin tournament? I mean, come on, <laughs> this dude. This tradition. Come on. Like, <laughs> it's just so stupid. And I and now granted, that's not every single team. So that we might still see some little bits of it. It sounds like Toronto of all teams is kind of letting their players do whatever they want. So, yeah, because look at their guys, man. They're the yeah. They're young. Right, other than John Tavares, was probably like 
you know, he hates this new generation or whatever. Right. John Tavares is still going to show up in a team issue polo. Let's that's, be honest. <laughs> that's fine. And like maybe a hat, maybe. Yeah. But his hair will be gelled underneath. Yes. <laughs> um, but like Matthews, Marner, Nylander, like these guys are, they got swag. You know what I mean? They don't want. Yeah. They don't want. Yeah. The Matthews is showing up in a white suit, no shirt, gold chains, guaranteed. <laughs> Which is great. Do it. Yeah. He's in his hometown. Or his, uh, not his hometown, but the same Oh, yeah, places. but where he lives. Yeah. Exactly. So, so he's got more wardrobe selections than most people do. Right. Yeah. But, so I don't know. That's yeah, my... Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, we'll see. I don't want to pick on him too much. We're just excited they're going to be playing the sport again. So I'm cool with that. Um, Maybe we should talk about the Kings, though. Because some say, stuff happened... For the Kings. Now, the Kings obviously are not in this tournament. <laughs> the other team that's not going to be in the tournament. That's right. Is the Los Angeles Kings, who are getting a well-deserved rest. <laughs> a well-deserved rest after going on three years of putrid hockey. Yeah. Uh, things were looking up, though, and things are certainly looking up now. Because the LA Kings in the draft lottery... I don't know how to say this. Because it is the weirdest goddamn thing... <laughs> They won the lottery. Well, they didn't. They were, let me rephrase this. They were the big winners on draft lottery day, except they did not get to pick number one. So that's true. It's not a false statement. They are the big winners of the draft lottery day. They're not though, because the big winner is the team. No, the team that shall be named, who's that, number, who gets the number one pick. Exactly. But that day, we don't know who that team is going to be. So the big winner of that day, coming out of that day. I see it's what you're Kings. trying to say. Okay, fine. They moved up, what, three spots? Two spots? Yes. The Kings own the number two pick in the NHL draft. That's what we're let's trying Let's go with to that. Say. Okay. That's, let's go with that. No matter what happens between now and October, I guess, is when they're planning on doing the draft. <laughs> Man, I don't know. No matter what happens between now and then, the Kings, in the first round, own the second overall pick. And the, the second round, third round, I think they have the, the whatever, the fourth pick would be. Because, again, that goes by based on standings once they get to the second round and the third round. So for the first round... I don't think it's like that. You don't... Really? I think they're continuously getting second. Interesting. I guess I have to, I have to look at that. I just assumed it was going to be like it was before, but I guess you have a point. How would they do it based on standings if it if the only eight, the bottom eight teams actually had standings? I don't know, man. I got to figure that... This is craziness. Okay, so I, I need to look into that and see what's going to happen. Either way, either the Kings are going to pick 33rd or they're going to pick 35th, okay. something like that, and then so on and so forth. But more importantly, they're picking second overall in the first round. Sure. Now, obviously, obviously, the prize of this draft was Alexis Lafreniere. Happy trails. And, and yes, <laughs> and barring anything crazy, he will not be a member of the Los Angeles Kings. He will be wearing some mystery team's jersey. I believe it is currently listed as Team E. Team E. Team E will get Alexis Lafreniere. Right. Congrats. And and to decide who is going to be Team E, you will have to take the peop- the teams that lose in the round robin round. In the qualifying and, round. Correct. And each one of those teams has a 12.5% chance, and they will do a re, re-lottery. Phase 2 lottery. <laughs> yes. For a single team, one ball, each one with twelve and a half percent chance to become the proud owners of like 
Alexis Refrenier's rights. Yeah, and, and right after this thing happened, there was like this giant uproar on Twitter about, I can't believe a team that could win the Stanley Cup is might have a shot at number one. It's like, no. Everyone yeah. relax. That is not the case. Calm down. Right. Um, that's not going to happen. People yeah. are like, Kings got robbed. No, <laughs> honestly, they did not. <laughs> it's yeah. all good. Yeah, I was, I was ecstatic. I was driving and I was me? listening to it on my phone. And the second it became clear to me that the Kings were going to have one of the top three picks, I was already ecstatic. Once it became clear that we're going to have one of the top two picks, <laughs> I, I busted out my favorite Al Bundy quote. When I'm going to, I'm going to throw this back to you. There's an episode. Okay. So this is, this episode of married or children sticks in my head. So Kelly gets selected to be on a sports trivia show. Okay. And Al decides that he's going to do everything he can to teach her about sports trivia. And Bud warns her that her brain is like a bowl where if you fill the bowl, you can fill it up to the top, but whatever might have already been in the bowl will empty out if you go too far. So he fills her with all of the sports knowledge, tells her everything that she needs to know, and she goes to the sports trivia thing. And the final question that she has to answer for them to win like $100,000 or something is, what was the name of the running back who scored four touchdowns in Polkai <laughs> <in Polka> history? <laughs> And the second that question comes around, Al is sitting in the crowd and he just goes, excuse me, while I kiss the sky. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just standing there and he's, you know, soaking in the moment. And he's like, it's all worth it, Peg. We were, everything we ever did was totally worth it. And Peg's like, so why isn't she answering? Yeah. And he looks over and Kelly is just confused out of her mind, does not know what the answer to this question is. And she answers, red squeeze buzzer. <laughs> that's, that's what she's got in her hand. So that was the one bit of sports information oh that she God. knew. And he filled her up so much that that one little bit of sports information fell out of her head. So bringing it back, once it was clear that the Kings had one of the top two picks, as I'm driving, my kid's in the back of the car. I'm driving and I'm listening to this and I go, excuse me while I kiss the sky. <laughs> That's right, baby. That's right. Because I was ecstatic. I was Because ex to me, I look at this team and we've talked about this before. It's great that we have this huge pool of players. But what we're lacking was that grade A superstar prospect. And I knew that even if it wasn't Lafreniere, if you have Quinton Byfield potentially – as the number two pick, or you have, um, and I'm blanking on the German kid's name right His now. His name is Tim Stutzel. Stutzle. Right. I pronounce Stutzle, ladies and Stutzle. gentlemen. Stutzle. And I'll All tell right. you why I learned that pronunciation in a second, baby. Okay. Either one of those guys, granted they're not Lafreniere in terms of the hype that's coming in, but superstar potential for both of those guys. So tell me why you, why you learned how to pronounce that. Because I'm leaning... I'm leaning Tim. You know, I was on really? I was on the Byfield train for oh, a long man. time, man. But I am now leaning. This is this is this is live reaction on my I part, now, guys. I had no idea. I am now leaning Timmy Stutz. He's starting to be my guy. Obviously, right when we got the number two, the research hat came on. I dug. I dug deep, and I'll give you my reasons for okay. that right now. Obviously, Quentin Byfield. 
potential number one center. Obviously, all the he's big, he's strong, he's fast. Um, a, so sell me, sell me here because I'm sure. I'm one hundred percent on the byfield train here. A goal scorer, obviously, um, a decent playmaker, good hockey IQ. But what all, what gets me about about uh, Stutzla is the fact that, and you know why I'm gonna, you're gonna understand why. Byfield might be like this 35 goal scorer, 45 assists, 55 assists guy. Mm-hmm. But Stutzla's more like a 25 goal, 75 assist guy. And if you know me, if anyone who knows me knows the type of player I like, uh, everything I've seen about him, he's elite playmaker, elite puck distributor. He's not a goal scorer, okay? He's not that Artie Kaliev, give me the puck, I'm going to bury it. He is... A cerebral player. He, you know who he reminds me of? Um, Elias Pettersson hmm. from Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Yes, Byf- I've heard of him. I think Byfield is... Obviously, he's great, right? But Stutzla's been playing uh, in the DEL against men, against players who have like combined 1,000 games NHL experience. And he's supremely skilled. He remind the comparisons I've heard are like Mitch Marner, Elias Pettersson. The comparisons I've heard on Byfield are Evgeny Malkin, and I'm sorry, I don't see that. I, I do not see that. I see a big, I see Eric Lindros, which is not bad, <laughs> you know what I mean. But I right. I see more of that than <clears throat> I see of that supreme skill of a Malkin, like those hands of a Malkin. That so it's interesting because. Everything that I've kind of looked at on Byfield and read yeah. is that he's not much of a goal scorer. He can okay. score, but that he's actually a much better playmaker controller. He uses his body. He uses his speed Power. to – Yes, position more so, okay. I would say. Okay. Position and speed. In fact, a lot of people have kind of said that he has room to grow in the power and size department, obviously not in height, but in terms of putting on weight and using that weight more appropriately. But the way he plays Mm -hmm. is already very much like controlling the zone, setting up a cycle, using his speed, and then finding the open man or finding a spot on the ice where there's a shot available for him and taking that shot. So that's – let me – I'm going to let you continue. But I guess that's what I meant in the whole – when I, when I watch him play, I see more of a Lindros. And maybe Kopitar is actually a good comparison, too, and a guy who, who protects the puck and doesn't give you that supreme nasty skill. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, go on. Go on. No, but that's that's kind of how I, I see it. And I've even read things, and, and none of this is relevant, but, like, I've read things about how he could end up being – the most productive and best player from the draft because for one thing, he's, he only just barely made the cutoff to be in this draft. So he's actually like way young and Lafreniere is actually a little close to being aged out. So yeah. he's, he's had extra time to kind of develop and be the player that he is. And Lafreniere is by all accounts going to be a really, really good player. But there's potential for Byfield with his size, his speed, his positioning, and the way he plays, and especially centers being, you know, in some ways more valuable players than wingers. And I know Stutzla's got this kind of like center slash wing designation to him, but Byfield is like a center through and through. Sure. When I look at it that way, when I look at what this team 
could benefit from going forward, you know, five years down the line when Kopitar is kind of reaching his twilight of his career playing third line minutes to have a guy like that potentially who could be a really, really talented center to take up that spot and plays a game, I would say differently than what I remember seeing Kopitar play in his highlights and especially his rookie year. Kopi's always been very much like, you know, kind of a reserved player. He's got all this ability in the world, but very reserved. I don't see a lot of reserve in Byfield's game. I see a guy who, who wants to take the game to players, who wants to use his speed, who wants to use his size and Mm -hmm. really just likes to embarrass people, likes to make a game look good. Yes. Now, he, he didn't have the greatest world junior showing and he was not getting a lot That's of minutes right. and obviously and all that. And I know that knock, I believe me, I do, but I just, to me, that, that overall potential in that package, granted, I haven't done the research on, on Stutzler the way you have, that to me is so enticing that it that is. would be, that's how I'm leaning. Another thing I consider is about how, is how deep we are at center in mm-hmm. the pipeline. Now, granted, potentially we don't have anyone like Quinton Byfield, a, like a true number one center. I think that yeah. is not there. Yeah. I think Turcotte, Velarde, Kupari, these guys are middle six centers. So right. I do think. I would say if those Velarde's got the. Velarde's the got the high ceiling for sure, yeah. first line center. Um, so the wing is intriguing to me, right? It's very intriguing to get another winger because Kaliev's there. Would love to get another winger. And man, just everything I've watched and I've read about Stutzla is just the way that people were kind of undervaluing Pedersen. And I know it's tough to be like, oh, he's going to be Elias Pedersen. I know I keep going to that. But the way he was undervalued and overlooked and what he became and what he's going to become, I really see a lot of similarities here. He's just, he's that type of player that has so much skill and so much IQ that at 17 right now, if he can grow, and he's, he has good size, too. He's not some smallish player. Yeah, he's Somewhat, like six-something, six, yeah. six right? Pedersen was considered a small player, and that was a well, big Well, he knock. didn't have any weight. He that didn't was have the any problem. Pedersen was like 155 pounds. Right, and he's he's bigger in both departments, is Stutzla. So, I mean, he's already 187. He's yeah. 6'1", 187 now. Yeah. And he's 17 playing against men, and, and he's and he's doing really well in that league. Um, his, his passing ability, the, I think the hockey IQ... I think Byfield is getting a lot of praise for his hockey IQ, which I'm sure is not an accident. But f- when I watch, I know it's just highlights. Again, I want to preface this with saying highlights do not tell the entire story. Yeah, of course. But this this kid, Tim Stutzla, is just, he has that Patrick Kane, mm-hmm. Mitch Marner type of IQ and vision. That's 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 special. There's something special with him. I'm not saying Quentin Byfield is not. His, but I think a lot of what makes Byfield special is is physically his physical gifts. He's an True. imposingly he's an imposing player. I could just imagine him to be that size and be skate so well is terrifying. Yeah, for, and I agree with Byfield. you. I think if he's I think if he's six one, it the conversation's different. If Byfield six one oh, versus yeah. six four, like that's a very sure, different conversation. Sure, sure. Um, the thing that scares me. And this is going to be stupid because if anyone should ever not say this as a Kings fan, it's that you look at the history of German players. The greatest German player to ever play the game is Leon Dreisaitl. 
That I'm telling you right now, he's the best to ever come out of Germany. There's no question. Who's and next? Marcel Gosch? I don't even know. Yeah. Um, but my point is it took – he was a rookie like a few years ago. And there's been – the Marco Sturms have come and gone and, you know, Erhoff and whatnot. They've come and gone. Kolzig was probably before him, the greatest German – I don't know. But there's a, there's a history of not getting that top-end player outside of Leon Dreisaitl. That kind of worries me. I'm not going to lie. But at the same time, you, you flip it the other way, be like Leon Dreisaitl might represent the change in that, might represent the new guard of German hockey and, and what we have to look forward to moving forward. Because look, man, there's a couple other Germans in this in this draft that, that might surprise you. That might go in the first round. There are I mean, good hockey players. Well, I mean, even last year, Detroit took, uh, what is it, Max Schneider or whatever, the, whoever their defenseman defensive player was that they took like and listen the kings have actually a pretty strong association with with the del i mean they have and so like i have no doubt that they're going to be doing they're not gonna i don't i don't think the kings are just going to be like well it's we're going to go with the canadian kid that's just a no-brainer thing because clearly they've not shown a shyness in taking players from you know different uh, let's say less uh traditional areas and obviously Kopitar being, you know, the hallmark of all that. But um, you bring up really good points. You really do. And and obviously, uh, you know, I've spent the last two months or one month, I guess, at this point, getting hard set on the idea of Quentin Byfield being that guy. So, um, but it's nice to see it's, it's a good that argument. argument. Yeah. No, it's a great argument. It's no, a great I argument. Mean, it's coming from someone who's, whose knowledge I respect. And so, not just that. I mean, it's it's a good problem to have. I guess that's what I meant. Is like, definitely if this is your problem. <clears throat> you're in good shape. Yeah, no question, no question. And I think either way, it sounds like we're going to get a prospect with talent level that's going to be a cut above where we have right now. And that's, that's the primary thing I think we've been missing is, is a potential superstar prospect. We have a lot of really good prospects. I think again, Velarde kind of edges on that. Like uh, he could be a 60, 70 point guy. I don't know if he's ever going to be an 80, 90 point guy, but then again, I never thought Kopitar would be a 90 point guy either. And, and in the right setting, he's able to do it. Um, but yeah. to have someone whose expectation coming in is like perennial 70, 80 point guy, that's a, that's a nice feeling. Because I don't think we've got one of those yet. I really don't. I think Gabe Velarde is, like I said, I think he's a 60, 70 point potential guy. And I think it's better for his development to be behind someone. Um, oh, totally. A second line player, I should say, not be the top prospect. I don't think that would be good for him. Yeah. <clears throat> in any way. And, and Kaliev is, seems like he's, I don't want to say one dimensional, but I don't think he's going to top out big point totals, be top out big goal totals. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I hope for. I would hope that he yeah. would be the 30 goal guy. I, I want one of those. I want there to be a nice balanced roster pipeline. You know, I want every single one of those guys, be it Turcotte, Velarde, Byfield, Stutzel, whoever, or Stutzlo, whoever it ends up being. I want them looking for for Artie out there on the ice to, you know, light the lamp. That's what I want. But it's a good problem to have. And it's also just, it's really nice just seeing every draft expert, whoever it was, 
on that day when the Kings went won the number two pick to just be like, man, the Kings are going to be scary. <laughs> That's just right. there's because really the only thing that I think we're missing after this year is like a top notch defensive sure, a stud prospect defenseman. Yeah, yeah. I think every other position you've got locked up, and again, I think defensively you've got some good to really good prospects, but there's no. There's no one on the level of like the next Drew Doughty as well, of right sure. now. In our, yeah. Well, um, you know what I mean. Right. Like, and and the, the beauty of stockpiling this way, as we've seen firsthand, is you don't have to draft those type of players. Yep. You can go out and trade for them because you have an excess, <laughs> an embarrassment of riches up front. Not, right. Listen, not all these guys are going to be here. It's just not possible. It's not possible. Yeah. You have, you know, top six forwards. There's six slots for them. Yeah. If, if, if they're offensive offensively gifted players man you got to pick six and move on and don't forget we have youngish good forwards now playing like right. i don't think alex ifall is going anywhere i don't think he should be our first line center maybe i don't know that's a that's a different debate but he's gonna be around right he's not yeah. going anywhere he's a good player uh, and you, you could you know talk about other you meant players. first line winger right for i follow correct what did i say first line center of course yeah i meant first line winger yeah. i don't know if he should be a first line winger but he is uh until someone knocks him off and it's and he's good. earned that. Of he's earned, he's that. earned that. He's, 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 listen, he's fifty something. Was it fifty points or something like that? Close to it. He's still the best left wing option on an NHL team. Right. Period. That's why that is. That's a whole different conversation. But this is a pro. This is the best league in the world. He's a number. He was on a number one line for the Kings for several years now. So right. And I think you know to piggyback off of that, and we recently learned that uh, Prokorkin is going back to the to the KHL. And it's like, yeah, Happy obviously, trails, man. yeah, like, well, but again, like this is a guy who came in, who wanted to give it a shot, showed some potential, but then kind of like, you know, he looked around the room and he's like, okay, <laughs> I ain't this is, <laughs> this is, this is not going to work for me here. Clearly there, there's other people coming through here and now's not, maybe not the best time for me to try to secure another NHL spot in the midst of a pandemic and weird, you know, visa issues and whatnot like yeah. i'm just gonna head back sure. and that's a, that's a that's a smart career move because i tell you there's gonna be a few people who follow him like honestly i've looked up and down that prospect pipeline and it's unfortunate but a guy like kupari yeah he who, should be very worried he really should he's a first round pick who as of right now i'm not really sure what his what his future projects in this team give because there's been other centers that have been kind of drafted or brought in that are potentially ahead of him in their development, even though he played a pro season, he got hurt, unfortunately. So he's, he's, I mean, a lot of these guys are going to have to show that they have the potential to, to make this team and do it well. Cause a lot of them have not been third line centers or fourth line plugs their career, right? Like they're used to being the first line guy. They drafted first overall and whatnot. Like is Kupari going to be the next Trevor Lewis? Is he going to be a guy who, you know, is going to turn into a Swiss army player? Play me wherever you want me, coach. I'll do the best job I can. I don't care that I was drafted in the first round. Cause you're going to need guys like that too. So interesting, interesting times. And I think in some ways this hiatus helps the Kings. It gives them more time to kind of see, what they've got available to them gives their players a little more time to get healthy potentially. And, you know, whenever training camp may open, really just see what's, what's out there. I'm excited. 
I'm excited to watch hockey. I'm excited to not worry about the Kings for a little while. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that it's like a weightless watching of hockey. You know what I mean? Not worried. Yeah. Not thinking about our, our team's in good shape in the future. Their time is not now. Yeah. Wondering whose time it really will be, Vardy. Real quick cup prediction on this wonky, wacky-ass <laughs> tournament. I know I know. we had our preseason predictions. I couldn't tell you what we picked. Um, can't remember. Did I, did I pick? I think I said Tampa. I think I said Tampa. Um, you know what? I said Tampa, and I think I said Dallas at you, that you time. You said Tampa and Dallas in the final? Is that right? I think so. I'd have to look back, but for some reason, that's kind of that's coming. I can't remember what I said to my brain I, right I hope now. I didn't say Toronto again. It's just <laughs> you might have, dude. I, I think you said, said it was gonna, I think you said it was going to be Tampa, Toronto. In the east. I mean, in the East, with Toronto actually making it through and Toronto actually winning the cup. Maybe I don't know. I got We got to look back. All right. We I'm pretty sure back. I went with. I went with. I remember Dallas. I remember thinking to myself like a you picked dark Dallas horse kind of team. West, I think. Yeah. So, um, it's such a weird format to predict, man. After such a long layoff, um, the rest versus the rust element is is very... It I is, mean, man. Because you got the veteran teams, particularly Boston, who like could, could have used the yeah. rest like no other. Yeah. They'll be yeah. fresh and ready to go. That means they're going to be dangerous. Tampa's not, you know, a bunch of young dudes either. They got some vets on that team. Right. And those teams don't have to participate in this round robin either. They just kind of sit and wait for the first play-in round to complete. Well, you know? they are going to play, though. Yeah, but, like, they're not going to play as though their lives depend on sure, it. Sure, but, I mean, they they are still looking for home. I guess I was going to say home ice. That's hilarious. Uh, guess home ice doesn't right. matter. That's out the <laughs> so, so that it's our graphics on that. <laughs> well, last change, you know. Yeah, all right. Um, that's it. <laughs> last change. <laughs> Stick down last <laughs> on the face-off. <laughs> but, yeah, um, um, the prediction. I have to look and see which teams are even – I mean <laughs> – I don't know why. Like, Colorado is like – I'm like – Because, man. Because any one of these teams can catch lightning in a bottle for two true. months. That's, that's another thing. Is like just get hot because Philly was on friggin' fire. Yeah, and like, like can they come back and do that same thing again? It's hard to say Philly because you're like, well, you were in your groove, and right. That's the that's the funny thing with hockey is like you gotta, yeah, you 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 have to get hot at the right time and just ride it through. And I feel yeah. like Philly's hot period happened, and COVID said no, <laughs> nobody's. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate. Um, so really, this is just a shot in the dark. Just for fun, I'm going to say Colorado, based on nothing. Yeah. Other than I think Nathan McKinnon <laughs> is going to like be the best player in this bubble. <laughs> All right, fine. I'm going to stick to my <laughs> prediction of Tampa and... Uh, I'm gonna say Edmonton. Ooh, interesting. Oilers too, man. Same because they're a home team. They are the they're only actually home team they're actually the well Toronto being yeah, the other, the but like they're a home team. They've got clearly the two highest scorers in the league, right? It was Drysaddle and 
Yes, one and two. Dr- yeah, there were one and two. One dart, Russ. I think if you just if you can just get it all together for for two months, I'm num- whatever, man. Let's, <laughs> let's do Tampa Edmonton. Let's do this. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Colorado. But imagine that. Imagine I'm gonna the go potential. Colorado Philly. Even though That's I, a good I one. just argued that Philly can't make it, I'm gonna go call. Neither it. one of us are picking Boston. Is it? Is it because of just like it's foolish? Is what it it's, is. It is foolish. Neither one of us is picking Boston. None. Neither one of us is picking yeah. St. Louis. Yeah. St. Louis, who won the cup last year and is doing well this year. We we like we worship chaos. That's what we it do. Is. That's what it comes down to. Praise anarchy. That's right. All right. Let's wrap this up, Vardy. It's episode fifty-seven. Steve Hines. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you, fans. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Uh, okay, hold on. Yes, definitely Steve Hines, one of them. I need to look up. Uh, I got two, and I think that's... Is that the only ones? I think that okay, I'm going to two. So. Let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. Okay. There's four. Okay, so There's I'm, I'm going to get players. two, which is not bad. Steve Hines is going to be one of them. Mustache mm-hmm. George Peros is going to be the other one. All right. Those are the two most important ones. Great. Now you could tell me the no name other guys that I was. Well, one of, okay, okay. So one of the other ones you definitely know. Okay. Okay, and then one of the other ones you might know because, um, it's tough. It's tough, but it was is during those glorious early '90s years. Okay. That you you know were really into it. Okay. So, uh. Let's start with the hints, I guess. Yeah. Um, the one in the 90s uh, actually played across two seasons, 91-92 and 92-93, okay. for a total of 21 games. So a cup of coffee, but, you know, more than more than just a sip, shall we say. Okay. Uh, right winger. Nope. Nope? Nope. Okay. All right. Uh, initials. Okay. S W. S W. Nope. Nope. Not not, not coming. Sammy okay. Watterson. Ooh, not even close. <laughs> uh, Sean White, not the snowboarder. You sure? Yes. He wasn't playing hockey in '92. Nope. Okay. I doubt it. Cool. I think he. I think he was, he was born in '92. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he actually had a congenital heart defect, so I doubt he was playing hockey at that time. Cool. So no, I was not going to get that movie. Yeah. On. Sean White. Now the other one, moving on from Sean White, is a name that you will recognize. Okay. Played in 2014. Wow. And has actually had uh, four seasons in the NHL. 2014. Mm-hmm. His first season was with the Kings. Okay. So he's a Kings draft pick? Uh, yes. Yes, and, he is. Okay, I think I think I might have this, dude. Is it Lyndon Vay? It is Lyndon Vay. There you go. Very nice. Three out of four on this horrible that's, number. That's good. Well done. Uh, I'm giving this one to Steve Hines. That's a great call, man. Because I, I, the only – it is the only person who deserves this number. Everyone else that's like – you're stupid for having this number. <laughs> okay. But, but Heinz 57, not stupid. It, it makes too much sense. He's, he would be stupid to not have this number. Gotcha. 
And I would be stupid to not give the man whose name is associated with a famous brand of ketchup, even though he has no relation to it, to my knowledge. It's too good. It's really too good. So this is the Heinz 57 episode, because what the hell else would it be? Yeah, the whole world is, after all, playing ketchup. Wow. <laughs> God. <laughs> that's... We don't talk to these poor people for two months, and that's what you leave them with, huh? No, let's leave them with something else. We're happy to be back. How about that? We're so happy. Happy hockey's back. So happy. Hopefully we can do this more frequently. We will I, now, I think. I hope. We're going to try. We're gonna, yeah, no promises. <laughs> Just to clarify, not promising anything. But really, the last two months, it would have been boring. Um, yeah. And we've been kind of busy with children and whatnot. It's been it's tumultuous. Let's go with that. Until next time, thank you guys as always. Subscribe, like, leave us reviews, tweet us, do all that fun stuff. We're around. We love the interaction. We miss peoples. Be the peoples. You've been listening to The Bannerman, an L.A. Kings podcast.